For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is none other than me. <laughs> no guest today. So you guys are just going to have to sit through and listen to your boy talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in to the bad news before we get to the good. Right. So the Cavaliers are two and five since one Colin Sexton went down uh, with a meniscus tear. And so we know the news behind Colin now. You know, he's going to miss the remainder of the regular season, really probably going to be out for the rest of the year, no matter if the Cavs make the playoffs or not, as he has opted to have season ending surgery. So that's storyline number one. We know that's a huge deal for the Cavs. That's a huge talent lost. And truth be told, I don't know if the Cavs are going to be able to replicate or replace his point production. And we know Colin's stats were down across the board. But to me, that's not necessarily an indicator of Colin, you know, experiencing some type of decline or having just a bad season. I think he was in the middle of acclimating to his new role in the 11 games that he appeared in. Yeah, he seemed, you know, out of sorts at points, but it was also quite understandable as he was being asked to play a different role for the team. So, you know, that's that's a huge loss for the Cavs. So, you know, to coincide with that, you have just this litany of Cavs injuries and guys just missing time here and there. And then, I mean, just this just listen to this. This is really the best way that I can put it. So far, we're just 18 games into this 2021-22 NBA season. And so far, this is the number of games missed by the Cavs rotation regulars. So I'm not going to count the guys, you know, spots 10 through 5, you know, the RJ Nimhards and um, you know, bless his heart, Ed Davises and uh, Kevin Pangoses of the world. I'm not going to count these guys in terms of the missed games, but just listen to this list. So we know Colin Sexton is out for the season. He's already missed seven games. He's going to continue to miss the rest of the season. So that's number one. Darius Garland has missed two games. Lowry, uh, Lowry Markin has missed nine games. 
Evan Mobley has missed three. Jared Allen has missed three games with an illness. He returned last night, which is great. We'll get to that in a moment. Kevin Love has missed eight games due to COVID protocols and uh, injuries. Isaac Okoro has missed seven games. Jetty Osmond has missed three games. Dylan Windler has missed four games. Lamar Stevens has missed five games and has had four uh, do not plays. So, I mean, that just that tells you everything you need to know about how the Cavs' year is going. And despite that, and despite that, the Cavs are still nine and nine, which is uh, a. <clears throat> Which is a pretty big accomplishment, if you ask me, especially considering the schedule that they've had to to go up against to begin the season. You know, we had the brutal West Coast uh, road trip really in the earlier, really the early portion of the season. And we're continuously seeing the Cavs having to match up with these, you know, these big time talented teams in the last three games. The Cavs have played the Brooklyn Nets twice and the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, in each one of those games, there was not one single point up until maybe maybe the third quarter and the fourth quarter of those games that you didn't feel the Cavs didn't have a chance to pull away with the win. They've played that good. And yes, they are overachieving. That's just my opinion. You know, they're down significant talent, but they're playing hard as hell. Um, that cannot really be said enough. They are playing hard as hell. And I hope that they're able to continue to continue that play up against their next uh, couple of games on the schedule. They have the 14-3 Phoenix Suns. The Orlando Magic really is probably, of the next game, uh, next five-game slate, is probably the most winnable game out of all these. And, you know, you really, especially in the case of the Cavs, you really just don't know um, – which you're going to get on a night-to-night basis in terms of production. But you know these guys are going to come to play. They're going to play hard. And they're going to give it their all. So, you know, the Orlando Magic is probably the most winnable game out of this next five-game slate. You got the the Magic. You have the 9-7 Mavericks, which, you know, we already know how good of a team that is, you know, with Luka and Kristaps. You have the 11-6 Miami Heat. Very good team, very well coached, always have been. So that's another tough game. You got the Washington Wizards who are playing probably, you know, if the Cavs never experienced the the amount of injuries that they have, those two teams, you know, we've already seen them clash once. And it was a really good game. So, you know, those those two teams are teams that were not really counted upon as guys or really teams that would be competing within the East. But yet here we are. Cavs are in 10th place right now. And yeah, they've fallen quite a bit just because of the injuries, but they are up there and they're competing. It's just, you know, over this over this five game, well, the seven game slate that Colin Sexton in particular has missed, they have, you know, like I said, they've gone two and seven and they've had to try and get production from different areas. And it's while it's not necessarily something that I believe that you can replicate, you know, the leading scorer during that span of time, as you could obviously would guess, would be, you know, one Darius Garland, who's averaging 21.7 points. He's up to um, 2.7 rebounds and he's dished out a little under six assists at 5.9 a game. He's shooting 43 percent from the field. Now, the real troubling area for him is the three point percentage at 30 point nine percent on pretty good volume so i just for him 
in order for DG to really be impactful in that regard, in regards to winning games, he's going to have to be a little bit more efficient. But I've loved what I've seen from him. The aggressiveness that we all clamored for is there. He's really given it his all. I don't know. You know, I had uh, Hiram on for the last episode, and, you know, I respect his, his takes. I respect his beliefs and whatnot. But I just don't see at this point how you could question how good of a player that uh, DG really could be. That's just my opinion. Hiram, if you're listening, man, <laughs> nothing against you, buddy, but uh, I just I don't know how you can watch these games anymore and not see the uh, apparent talent of one Darius Garland. It's there. To me, the biggest thing for him is getting, you know, getting these threes to drop at a high rate and being able to be aggressive, which I feel over this last stretch of games, he has been in that regard. So somebody is going to have to step up. And when you talk about leadership, um, DG's name had been thrown in there quite a bit to begin the season, um, you know, across the board. A lot of guys are talking about DG having to take the next step in regards to leadership. And I think for the most part, he has. It may not have, you know, it's it's not necessarily contributing just yet too highly in the win-loss column just because of just the, the sheer amount of adversity that this team has had to face. But uh, DG is really playing really well uh, over this last stretch of games. And, you know, if you want to talk about last night, even in particular, you know, he had 24 points, five rebounds, 11 assists. Now, again, like I said, he's got to get that efficiency up and he's got to start getting these shots to hit. He was nine of 27 from the field. Not great. Two of 10 from three point range. Not great. But still, with that said, somebody had to take those shots, and DG was the most likely candidate. Um, you just, it's a tough game, tough matchup. You know, you got contributions from up and down the roster. A lot of guys really put in work last night. Uh, Jared Allen in his return after missing the last three games, I believe, 20 points, 15 rebounds to assist a block, 7 of 15 from the field, and his presence was immediately felt. Uh, it was it was a refreshing sight, really, honestly, to see you know, so the return of some paint protection because after the the last two games of having to start Ed Davis, I believe at the uh, at the center position, it's just it's not been great. Uh, Lowry, Lowry Markinen, forgive me, Lowry, I keep mispronouncing your name, but Lowry Markinen continues to show why he was a worthy addition. Uh, for this squad just because of the by way of the spacing that he he is able to provide on a night-to-night basis when he's out there so he returned I believe after missing the last nine games himself uh, 22 points eight rebounds a block seven to 17 from the field three of nine from three he's another guy who has to get that efficiency up he's got to be able to be a little bit more productive from three-point range but just the threat of the spacing that he provides is is really 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 a good thing for this Cavs team and really honestly the benefit of being able to roll Lowry out there when you have uh, a defender like Isaac Okoro a guy who's really still trying to grow in his own right and who a lot of people have been on recently for being not being able to provide too much of an offensive spark um, it really helps Okoro out leaps and bounds by having uh, having him out there. So speaking of Okoro, he put in 15 points, had four rebounds, two assists, two steals, went four of nine from the field. And the biggest thing for, for me from last night, from what I saw from him, three of seven from three-point range. Now, 
we've all had this discussion before. We, we know what the kid's upside is. We know what he can provide. We know he's relative, you know, really, really young. Still, he was the fifth overall pick for a reason, not necessarily because uh, he was a finished product, it's because what the Cavs seen, you know, have, have seen in him and the potential that he has. And so the real, the real big thing for him is to be able to at, at least drop, you know, have his three-point ball drop at least on a consistent basis, you know, at least make the defense have to be a little bit honest on you. So you you have to have that in your arsenal in today's game to to get consistent minutes, especially as a top five pick. Now, they're going to give him every opportunity in the world to succeed as they have thus far. But, you know, going back to my point, having Lowry out there really helps take the pressure off of him because he's not having to play out of position. Uh, in my opinion, you know, he is not necessarily a, you know, a true two guard. He's not in size. Uh, and, and size he is, but he does not possess the requisite skill just yet to, you know, to, to really play that position on a night to night basis uh, as a starter. But right now, out of necessity, he is. And it's really, you know, it's, it's honestly going to help him grow. But having Lowry out there, you know, uh, at the four and then, you, you know, you have Dean Wade manning the three spot. It's just really good to see. So and those two are interchangeable. You can really we obviously saw Lowry play primarily the three uh, to begin the season. And you can really slot Dean or Lowry out there between three and four. It's, you know, it's it's really up to what JB rotation is at the time. But they can both be productive out there. And by those virtue, by virtue of those two being out there, you can have uh, Isaac Okoro out there being a little bit more productive in his more natural position. And that is the two guard. So he, he was fairly productive last night off the bench you had ricky rubio boarding 16.7 rebounds five assists he went four to the field and three of eight from three-point range so in regards to ricky i really honestly hope that they are able to retain the services of rubio and don't use him as more of trade bait but it you know depending upon how the Cavs season goes that could be you know what ends up happening do the Cavs end up flipping rubio for uh you know some fire some offensive firepower you know some somebody who can more easily you know replicate what colin sexton was able to provide to this team uh do they do they put rubio in trade talks to acquire a player like that somebody for somebody like uh i don't know sacramento's buddy healed you, you just you really don't know what is in, going to end up happening in that regard and i think a lot of that is going to be very dependent upon where the Cavs record is around the uh the, the trade deadline if they're able to kind of you know continue to play the way that they are giving high effort stealing a win here and there whenever they can against some of the teams that they're not necessarily favored against and winning the games that they're supposed to then yeah you could see them making a, a move dealing rubio out of town uh rather than extending him which you know, they're going to end up having to be faced with that position. You already are going to have to, you know, make a determination on what Colin Sexton's value is. And it's really just a bad spot for all involved in that regard. You know, Colin was in more of a prove it year for him. And the, the Cavs really were wanting to evaluate what he looked like uh, with an improved roster around him. And so nobody really wins. Um, the Cavs may be able to sign him to a, you know, a, a better deal, a more team friendly deal now. But man, I, I mean, you really just don't know 
what the future holds in that regard and what what the salary is going to look like for him whether or not they're going to opt to uh, to match it for whoever decides to send an offer sheet because i'm sure he'll get some type of offer sheet but you just don't know and so in turn for rubio you know when they're already looking at a contract extension for colin you just don't know if there's going to be you know salary cap room for rubio you just don't know and on and honestly you don't know whether or not they're going to want to keep him he is an aging veteran but i mean the way these guys are aging nowadays you just you really don't know uh for rubio he's still this might be the best the best version that we've ever seen of him thus far and he's he's playing really inspired ball and i think he's his impact as veteran as a leader in the locker room is honestly you know you it's apparent you can see it especially uh you know in in the production that you've seen thus far from dg i think rubio has a heavy hand in that and so who knows what you're going to see you know for in regards to the future for him um also off the bench kevin love eight points 12 rebounds three of eight from the field two of five from three so at this point you know kevin love is what he is he's never going to live up to his monumentous salary but he doesn't have to anymore you know i i as long for me at least in my opinion as long as kevin love is able to stay healthy and on the court and providing anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes a night and 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 being productive i'm okay with that until you can move off his contract whether that be by a buyout which if he continues to play well you might just see that or in regards to an unlikely trade if that were ever to happen at this point i don't know but as long as kevin can stay healthy i'm completely health uh completely happy with him uh being out on that court and whatever he's providing and so eight points and 12 rebounds is fine yeah you know for me i don't know it's just so many cavaliers have missed time it's it's really hard to get a feel for just what this team's uh, capabilities are because we've yet really to see them play a long stretch of basketball where all of their starters all of their main rotation pieces are healthy they just haven't been able to do that for a long stretch of time and i think coming into the season expectations were low for the Cavs, especially around the nba even the fan base might tell you hey you know we're not really expecting to be a contender this year we're not expecting to compete for the playoffs but we are expecting growth on not only individual level but a you know as as a whole as a team so when the Cavs came out the gate and you know they're playing really well and they're winning these games uh you know the expectations started to be like you know what maybe we can see these guys competing for a not just a playing spot but a playoff you know being being involved in a playoff series and while I don't rule that out I honestly do believe the Cavs have enough uh to be able to compete for the play-in you know playoff what it would have you i do believe that that's still on the horizon but it's going to have a lot to do with who's healthy and uh to be frank you know the development of a few of these guys in particular you know isaac okoro is going to have to really pull his weight in that regard if he's to continue to be the starting uh shooting guard for the team we're gonna have to see significant growth out of him and if last night was any indication you know he's off to a 
pretty good start in that regard. He's got to be able to provide, you know, a, at least double digit points. And, you know, if, if he's caning at least two to three triples a game, I'll be okay with that, along with providing, you know, his usual hounding defense. So, you know, for him, he's going to have to contribute pretty heavily. We're going to have to see guys like uh, Jetty Osmond continue to have a positive impact when on the court. And, you know, he's one of the more, you know, just a feel-good story for this season because after having such a rough year last year, Jetty has really, I'm not even going to say return to form. He's honestly, he's having the best season statistically, you know, not not necessarily from a point production standpoint because, uh, you know, he's not topped his career high in, uh, you know, points per game this season, but he is being more productive and more efficient in the role that he's playing. And so when you, you know, I've always said this, when you don't ask too much out of Jetty Osmond, I think he can be productive. You know, he's, he's looking to be aggressive. He's canning his three at a respectable rate right now. And as long as he can stay healthy, I, I feel, you know, he's got to be another one of those guys to help pick up the slack that uh, Sexton has, has left the Cavs with. So I, I'm, I'm feeling good about the direction of this team. Um, the injuries don't change that, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to be grounded in reality too. Um, the Cavs have been able to overachieve and they've been playing very, uh, very good basketball against some really, really good opponents. How, you know, how long they can keep that up. Who's guests, you know, I don't know the coach and JB Bickerstaff, you know, he, he's been able to instill a new culture, a, re- a really to be honest, a winning culture in this uh, on this on this team. So it's really going to be up to him to be able to get the most out of these guys. And, you know, in, in Colin's absence, can he do it? I believe so. I think we've seen uh, enough of that thus far. I think we've kind of seen him throw different uh, different recipes out there in regards to the rotation. So anytime you have Ed Davis playing consistent, uh, minutes at the center position when he really wasn't expected to play at all this year. I think, uh, and and the Cavs are st- and and they're looking good while he's out there. I think that says a lot about JB's ability to uh, ingrain, you know, winning into these into this young roster. I think it really speaks volumes about his ability to coach, to be able to get the most out of these guys in such tough times and such tough positions. So you know, I really. I really am pulling for this team uh, sitting here at nine and nine and tenth in the east. I don't think that they're out of it yet, uh, but I do think if they can navigate and they can get past some of these tough teams that they'll be able to be in playing contention. It's just it they just have to continue to give solid effort out there. Um, we could see some trades. Uh, we could see some type of acquisition in that regard. I just I don't know. It's too it's too early in the season to really commit towards, you know, going all in to acquire somebody like a Brandon Ingram or a Buddy Hield. It's just too early for me. Um, if the Cavs are able to win games uh, consistently enough, then we, we very well could see that. I just don't know, um, you know, at this point whether or not that's the, the, the best move just because you'd be sacrificing capital that Cavs don't necessarily have to give away. They have a couple of trade chips, but I just I don't know how comfortable I am in that regard. Um, I really want the Cavs to re-sign Rubio. I want Colin to get his money. 
Um, you know, there's there's a couple of pieces, but I just don't know if it's worth it to commit to a big time deal just yet. I think you're gonna have to wait until closer to around the deadline to see if this team makes a a real significant move that could end up impacting uh, games from you know from day one. We'll have to see. Uh, those are just my thoughts on the matter. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As always, if you'd like to hit me up, you can at iscavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Have a good one.